25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let him out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. What's up, Hour 2? Off and running in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, hometown heroes, the folks that you get to know one-on-one, deal with them one-on-one. It's the way it ought to be in insurance. You want to be a part of the show? You can be. Lots of different ways to do so. You can text the show at 885-ESPN. That's 885-3776, a 601 number. Or you can call me. I'd love to hear your voice on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and Jackson. They are your Kubota dealer. They're the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. That means they've been doing it better longer than anyone else. Divinity Equipment and DiviniEquipment.com. All right, the number is 601-995-1059. 601-995-1059. Give me a shout. Bigglesworth on the text line says, The scariest movie by far is the video footage shot at my in-law's family reunion. (laughs) He says, The Hills Have Eyes has got nothing on that bad boy. (laughs) I love it, and I bet. Uh, True Maroon sent a uh, text message with a photo and says, Did you dress up, Matt? The answer is no, I did not. Not intentionally dress up for Halloween. I'm past it. Muggly enough as it is. But the picture you sent me, True Maroon, I'd appreciate it if you never sent me anything like that again. It looks like a a guy in overalls went out, fell out of a pickup truck going 65 miles an hour going face first. That's what it looks like. (laughs) Who, Roger, have you seen that? Dad. Oh, I logged out for a second. Oh, gracious. That's a scary one right there. That's the kind where, you know, you need to be careful. On All Hallows' Eve, don't scare the wrong person with that mask or that get up because it's rough. It's rough looking, buddy. <laughs> it's rough looking. Hey, listen, coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to talk with my friend Brett Norsworthy from Sports 56 in Memphis. And he's also the pregame, postgame host on the Ole Miss Radio Network. We'll preview their game with Auburn. But he's in Memphis, and Memphis, the city of and the university of, is hosting college game day this Saturday. Did you know that? Corso, Herb Street, all that stuff. They're going to Memphis. Roger, what is the – Memphis is the city of or the blank city. What are they called? The what city? Oh, shit. Mid South or no? What's the what city is the queen? They call it the Queen City. Oh, flitter! I can't remember. 
It'd be New Orleans or something like oh, that. Is that New Orleans, a queen city? What's Memphis? The city of what? <laughs> it's got no, something to do with music. sweepers there anymore. Has <laughs> it got something to do with music? They have the blues festival. Does it have something to do with the blues in Memphis? Heck, I don't know. Some of y'all know. Let me know. Anyway, we got Brett coming up in just a bit. Also, here in hour number two, I want to take a second. We're going to preview Mississippi State and Arkansas and Auburn Ole Miss. That's it. Thank you. That's the right answer. I think I got it from uh, Matt and Jimbo on Facebook. It's Bluff City, the Bluff City. Meridian is the Queen City. Yeah. Well, they try, well Memphis try to, tries to get themselves called the home of the blues or the birthplace of rock and roll. Okay. And now lately they've called themselves the Grind City after the okay. grit and grind nickname from the Grizzlies. But do I have this right? There's like a Netflix show or HBO or something. It's called Bluff City Law, and it's all about a law firm in Memphis. It's like, or maybe the name of the show is Bluff City. But I have to look it up. But it's something about Bluff, something or other. Okay, got it. Got it. Anyway, Brett's coming up. Looking forward to that. We're going to preview State and Arkansas and then Ole Miss and all. We're going to do that at some point here in the show today in hour number two. And I got some numbers I'm going to throw at you. Two quarterbacks in the NFL. Two quarterbacks in the NFL, both with Mississippi ties. One's new, one's a little older. And their rookie years and, and, the, and comparing their path to the NFL may be much, much more similar than anybody has noted to this point. And we're going to note it here on this show. That's coming up. Okay. Okay, we're going to do that. First, though, um, let's do it. Let's jump in here on the um, Divinity Equipment phone, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, and talk with my friend Brett Norsworthy from Memphis. I told you, Sports 56 in Memphis. You can hear his show in the afternoons. Better yet, y'all follow him on Twitter if you don't already, at Brett Norsworthy. Uh, give him a follow on Twitter. And you can also hear him pregame, postgame on the Ole Miss Football Radio Network. He hosts the pregame and postgame shows. And, Brett, I really appreciate some time here on a Thursday. I have to ask you, with game day coming to town, is everybody good and pumped up there in Memphis? Roger, you here, Brett? I, I do not. I'll try to reestablish it. it yeah. should be there. Yeah, he should be there. We'll check it out and see. We'll ask him if it's the Bluff City or if it's something else in in his hometown of Memphis. All I know is that there is a TV show. Yeah, and Debbie on Facebook. Uh, Tupelo, what do we call Tupelo? I know. I mean, Tupelo, it's not something city. It's just the birthplace of Elvis Presley, right? Birthplace of Elvis. Elvis's birthplace. That's what Tupelo is. But it's not like something city or whatever. All-American city. There you Well, which I've heard that before, and I think there are others that maybe claim that also. Did you know, Roger, that nationwide there's like a competition, like a civic competition. You can go and the the different municipalities can earn an All-American City Award. Did you know that? 
I would hope there'd be some standard for it. <laughs> there is. There is. You know, you know. It is the first TVA city. Right. It sure is. So we, there's, we have a lot of claim to fame, but we share the whole Elvis thing with Memphis. But I promise you this. Uh, college game day on ESPN has never come to Tupelo, nor will it. Okay. But they're going to Memphis this weekend. Let's try it again with Brett. Brett Norsworthy from Sports 56 in Memphis and the pregame postgame host for the Ole Miss Football Radio Network. Brett, are you there? I am, Matt. Good afternoon. How are you? Man, doing just right. It's good to hear your voice. Yeah, I was asking a minute ago, are people in Memphis excited about college game day coming to town? Yes, yes they very much are, and they should be. And we know the the traveling salvation shows of college football that it is. You've enjoyed it at Starville, and I've enjoyed it at, at Ole Miss and in Oxford. And we've seen it around other parts, and it's part of our college football game day tradition. I mean, that's, that, I think most all of us. You know, are tuned in as long as we can, wherever we are, you know, however much we can watch. And Memphis are very excited about it. I, I, I'm not saying I was first, but I, when, when Memphis got off to the good start they got off to, I was looking at the schedule and the story of SMU, and it's very important, but it, you know, it always takes two to tango. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the story of SMU, and I, I saw November 2nd and I circled it, so I started looking at what would be legitimate competition for cocktail parties always you know kind of ever present you know around those times around halloween weekend into november 1st and 2nd and then i thought after memphis lost it temple that that pretty much had derailed it and then i really thought it was derailed when espn kind of went off script and wanted to do the air quotes here something different and went to to the dakotas last week and lo and behold they still got it and i think it's very deserved i think it is really illustrative of the program that Justin Fuente started. And you got to remember, he lost to Tennessee Martin his opening game in 2012. That's the program he inherited from Larry Porter. Matt, you'll remember the opening game of the the season before that when Memphis couldn't get lined up right to mm-hmm. start the game. Mm-hmm. You've had all summer to practice and have officials at your practice, and you can't get lined up right to start the season. That's what Justin Fuente inherited, and Mike Norvell has built off of it, and they're very proud, and they should be. It is well, well, well earned with a lot of hard work, and I've told all my Memphis friends, though, and we know this, when you host game day, it's a little bit like going to a bowl game. If you want to make it magical, if you want to make it the best week of your college football life, you got to win the game. That's exactly right. If you really want to top it off, you have to win that football game, and uh, you know, I know one question that is probably in, in, on the forefront for a lot of my listeners right now is, I wonder who's going to be the guest picker? Well, it's been a lot of debate about that. I, I, I will say I laughed at this, but it's a little mean, and, and I, I didn't say it, but I did laugh at it. I didn't repeat the, the, the text out over there, but on Monday we, we threw out there who should be guest picker, and, and, and a very wise guy texted in, Maybe the Tulsa kicker should be because if he if he if he had made kicks either against SMU in overtime or Memphis at the buzzer, you wouldn't have this weekend. And we all know in the magic carpet ride of sports, man, sometimes you just got to get pure D lucky. And Memphis did late last Saturday night at Tulsa, no doubt about it. Sure. And and things kind of balance that. We know things balance out in sports. I think baseball is probably the biggest balancer outer sport out there. 
But the guest picker on Saturday, there's a lot of good, good suggestions. I, I just think for as much money as ESPN spends on and counts on on college basketball, that Coach Penny Hardaway's got to be somewhere primary in it. And, you know, in all the years, the great advertiser that Nike has been for, for all of us in sports, uh, I would just think somewhere he should be in there. There's been a li- not a lot of blowback, not a lot of, of, of venom about it, but there's been some pushback from some, and I definitely see this, Matt, is no, let's don't do that. This is about football this mm. weekend, and, and, and I see that point of view, but it's also about a rising tide lifts all boats, and, and, and what Coach Penny Hardaway, what he's got with this team this year, and probably as many times as he'll be on ESPN and around at or near the end, it, that, that would be a good choice. But we know who, whoever it is, whether it's uh, Jonathan Papelbon or Katy Perry or, or, or a movie star or at Auburn, you know, it's always Charles Barkley. It's always fun. It, it, that's the best five minutes, I think, of television, sports television out there today. Yeah, I agree. It's really entertaining when they do that. And one thing, you, you involve a little Memphis basketball, you're sure to get a crowd to show up. And you know what, uh, Brett, I don't know if you remember this or were aware of it back then. So we're going to go back about 10 years. This would have been about 2009, maybe 2010, but I think it was about 2009. If you remember, it, here in the city of Tupelo, the birthplace of Elvis, at oh, yeah. the, at the arena, yes, we hosted – Oh yeah. Memphis oh, yeah. versus LSU in men's basketball, and they sold every seat in that arena out, and it was a heck of an atmosphere in there for a college basketball game. I was I couldn't believe what I was seeing from Memphis basketball fans. And I want to say, Matt, that was even on maybe a Sunday afternoon. That's exactly right. It sure was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, and, and it is, and it, it always has been. Memphis is very much a basketball town. You know, my, my, my former partner, my, my good friend, your good friend, Rob Fisher, he, he dubbed Memphis Hoop City, mm-hmm. and it is. But we're a lot of cities. We are a melting pot of fans, primarily, primarily Tiger basketball fans and now emerging Tiger football fans, but it's always been there. You know, Memphis football has had its big wins historically, but it never really could sustain. You know, they'd have the big win against Florida and a big win against Bama and a big win against Tennessee and a big win against Arkansas and Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and, you know, members of the SEC – but then to back it up and sustain it, and now the sustainability that Mike Norvell is, is, has implemented and, and created, you can really see a bright future for them. And it's obvious in their athletics department that that's the growth area. There's really not any growth area for basketball. Because hmm. it, is, it is very well established. But when you have a 60,000-seat football stadium, that historically you've drawn 30 to 35 to 40,000. Well, simple math, and you know, and I like to keep it simple with the math. I went to public school for a reason. I like to keep it simple with the math. I mean, you, you, if you can add ten, fifteen thousand people coming to your game times thirty-five, forty dollars, whatever it is, you know, times five or six, man, you you can start racking up some, you know, different budget things then, and really have some freedom to do some things. And I think that's what their former athletics director Tom Bowen first saw when he came here. And his mission was to fix football. Well, he did, but things happen, and, and he's out now. And they have a new athletics director in Laird Beach, fresh from Florida, who I think is off to a, a great start. There's probably never been a better time in, in the Memphis, University of Memphis athletics department to be around. And I, I'm really happy for him, having grown up a, 
a Tiger basketball fan, fell in love with them in 72 and 73 when they were on their way to the Final Four in 73 with Larry Finch and, and continue to this day to, to mostly, you know, be for them, uh, except for when they play a couple of different teams that I, I have priority uh, over them. Yeah. But uh, I am a Tiger basketball fan. I've been a longtime Tiger football season ticket holder. I buy two every year. I've never sat in the seat. They usually give, give, give them away <laughs> on there or, or, or to friends. I, I, I really don't even know where they are in the stadium, <laughs> but, but I've, I've always bought two because, you know, Matt, I, I live here and I work here, and I want anything that's good for – I think anything good for Memphis, you know, redounds good for all of us. Yeah, Brett Norsworthy on your radio right now. Y'all listen to him in the afternoons on Sports 56 in Memphis. Follow him on Twitter, at Brett Norsworthy. And, of course, you hear him before and after Ole Miss games on their radio network. He's the pre- and post-game host. Brett, um, as you were talking, I just couldn't help but think, I'm going to be sitting in a hotel outside Fayetteville, Arkansas, um, this Saturday morning. I know exactly where you'll be in Rogers, Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Over there with the cows, you know, the cattle farm yep. everywhere you look. But um, and I, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to turn my television on in Arkansas, getting ready to play Arkansas, and I'm going to watch uh, Jay Norvell and the Memphis program be featured on game day, and it'll hit yeah, me. Mike Norvell. Mike Norvell. Yeah, sorry, Mike, I said Jay. Jay. Uh, he, yeah, Jay's in Arizona State. Yeah, right. Uh, so Mike Norvell, and and I'm going to watch that, and I'm going to think to myself. I wonder if there are people in this state, meaning Arkansas, who will watch that and think, man, we should have hired that guy. Well, they, they will, Matt, and they did have some overtures to him, as some other SEC places did two years ago, and he, he was comfortable in his spot, and he stayed there. I don't. I, he has not told me this, but friends around him say he very much likes being at Memphis and, and the team that he has assembled and, and, and the roster that he has composed. And, you know, Chris Peterson at Boise State always had chances to leave and passed on him, stayed at Boise State a long time, and then finally took Washington and, and doing a you know, pretty good job there at, at him in a college football playoff. But I think he's, he got really comfortable here and wants to do a good job here. Chad Morris has just not worked out at Arkansas by, by in, in, any definition. Mm-hmm. Had one of a league game. Uh, they've lost 13 in a row. And – the Razorback fans are as beat down as I've ever seen or heard them. It's hard to believe that really proud program is going through what they're going through. And, and, and Matt, I, I, I don't say this to be a wise guy because, look, you're, you're around long enough, what goes around comes around. And you're sure. going to be the subject of, of some scorn and subject of some ridicule. Now, I've been on both sides of it, but the last two years, Arkansas may have had the two most embarrassing plays in FBS football last year when the North Texas State punt returner rope-a-doped them and he ran the punt back and they all stood still. Mm-hmm. And then this year when they had a, a two-hand chest pass uh, that, that Coach Kermit Davis Sr. would have envied playing for, for, for Babe McCarthy or in the early 60s when they had the two-handed chest pass on the fake punt. That, that was, I mean, when I was watching that game live, and I promise you my response was, no, 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 you're really not doing this, are you? <laughs> And and, and and they did, and then they stopped Auburn. Auburn did not score on that drive, but that was the symbolism for just rock bottom for Arkansas. Last week on the Ole Miss open date, I went on Saturday night to the Arkansas State game in Jonesboro to see them play Texas State. And where I was seated, 
it, it was a pretty mixed crowd. There were some pretty hardcore ASU people that anything Arkansas, you know, it's, you know, it's just like Pavlov's dog. That, sure. They don't like it. But there were also a lot of people that, you know, I, I'm a Razorback fan, too. And when Alabama scored before halftime to go up 41 to nothing at the half, they ran the graphic, the largest deficit at half since 1956. People gasped. People audibly gasped of, this is what Razorback football is hit. Yeah. And, and it's just um... – that was hard to watch, or hard to try to watch that one last week for sure. Well, I am going to be watching with great anticipation this weekend to see Memphis host game day. I'm really proud for them and proud for the city. Well, last thing, just to confirm as the music's about to start, Brett, is it the Bluff City? Is that what Memphis is known as now, Bluff City? Well, we're a lot of things with with, with the TV show that I haven't watched yeah. a single solitary second. <laughs> I told friends of mine, I said, if it's if it's if it's hanging on me to keep it afloat, we got trouble. Because <laughs> anything on Monday night against Monday night football and the baseball playoffs, good luck. Uh, not watch it, but but want it to do well. But it it is the Bluff City, and it, it's a, it's a lot of things. Uh, the birthplace of rock and roll. You're right. We 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 got the synchronicity with Tupelo with the King. Is right. yeah. the late great George Klein in the best radio sign off ever? Whatever number of presents it would be, you know now. 45, he would say, there have been 45 presidents of these United States, but only one king. That's it, the king. Brett, I really appreciate your time. It's always good to hear your voice. Thank you, buddy. It's always good to hear yours. Thank you for having me, Matt. Have a great weekend. Be safe and faithful. Thank you. You too. Have a great weekend. That's Brett Norsworthy, Sports 56 in Memphis, one of the best. Y'all follow him on Twitter, at Brett Norsworthy. Stick around. Ways to go in the Farm Bureau studio. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. Live in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Appreciate Brett Norsworthy coming on. Let's see here. Unnamed Texter said Natchez is the Bluff City, Meridian the Queen City. Thank you. Unnamed Texter. Oh, it's, this is Stringer from Atlanta says Memphis is the Bluff City. I guess they're both Bluff cities. <laughs> they're both on the Bluff. Yeah. You know, at Natchez, they have that, what, the old, what do they used the to call hill. it? The, the, the hill. But, under but, the hill? Well, no, it's they, they, what they call it, under the, Natchez under the hill. And that yeah, what it's Natchez called? Yeah. under the hill, right. That's yeah. it. Where way, way, way back when, that's where all the unsavories hung out. Yeah, that's where I'd hang out. <laughs> Roger would have been there, he says. <laughs> he says he'd have been right in there among but, them. Don't that. Bale, pull that barge. Yeah. How about this? Hard Q- work back there, man. Yeah, no doubt. QB1 says, I just want a celebrity guest picker who picks against his team. <laughs> <laughs> it won't ever happen, will it? Brett uh, is eternally optimistic for Ole Miss, man. What's that now? Remember what, it, what was the game early in the season? He just knew they were going to win, and they got cream. <laughs> oh, did they? I don't know. 
Yeah, Bigglesworth says here, uh, he says, so Brett Norsworthy covers Ole Miss, a Memphis basketball fan, Arkansas football fan, and attend games at Arkansas State. Makes perfect sense. Brett is a really, really neat guy, and he just loves sports. I don't know if I know a bigger St. Louis Cardinals fan than him, and I know some big Cardinals fans. He goes to a lot of their games, and he just goes to a lot of sporting events all over the place. He's a neat guy. I always enjoy talking sports with him. Knows his stuff, too. And Brett's one of those that, he has the historical perspective that can help when we're looking at things recently, and especially, you know, you talk about Memphis football and hosting game day. But you think about it. If you're born and raised in Memphis, you're probably going to have an affinity for Memphis basketball for sure. I think the game that I, he said Ole Miss was going to beat Memphis. Yeah, Memphis. Well, yeah. and and it wound up being this, you know, unusually low-scoring game. I know it was week one, but the final score was 15-10. to 10. Patty and cake. every other game this year, Memphis has scored all kinds of points, 40s and 50s. They're scoring in every game except the one game they lost, which was to Temple, and they lost that one 30 to 28. But every other game they're scoring in the 40s and 50s. And that season opener against Ole Miss, they win it by scoring 15 points. It was, it's just nobody expected that, and I didn't either. So all in right. retrospect, that speaks well of the defense up there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That one, I mean – for any defense to have held Memphis to 15 points is a heck of a deal. I mean, it just really is. Benji on the Divini Equipment phone. Listening in Jackson. Hey, what's up, Benji? What's up, man? Um, I heard y'all talking about Natchez under the hill. Yeah. The uh, the first time I heard about that was in this hilarious movie with, um, with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence called Life. Where they they're running uh, moonshine, yeah, and from New York to Mississippi, and uh, they go under the hill to celebrate, and then they end up staying in the Mississippi penitentiary. <laughs> but that's the first time I ever heard of it. Okay, but yeah. uh, Matt, a couple of things. Uh, first off, NCAA uh, players are starting to get a little bit of money back, which is nice. Um, a lot of people like me that love Madden. They really, really hope that that's going to lead to NCAA <laughs> yeah. football 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll see what your thoughts are on that. But uh, I just wanted to know, uh, Joe Moorhead probably going to end up at Rutgers. Who do you think is a good guy to take over at Mississippi State? Yeah. Thanks for the call, Benji. Appreciate it. Um, a couple things. One, on the players getting money deal, I, I just thought I'd make you aware. There, was, uh, there were a few tweets from national media people over the last 24, 48 hours about the reemergence of video games like you're talking about, the old college football game where it was specific to who the players were and their likenesses and all that kind of stuff. And it, that may come back, and it might. And if it does, that puts money in the player's pocket, whatever the share of that revenue is, you know, um, that puts money in their pocket. But there are other people who have said, well, that's all this is going to be. I saw a couple of tweets that people need to realize that this whole thing, you know, if it gets pushed through, all it means is that, you know, some players will get some kickback on this video game stuff. And if they're on the cover, but that's about it. That's it. Well, it's billions of dollars in that business. Well, maybe so, but you're talking about hundreds of thousands of athletes and by the time you yeah. split it up. But my thing is, Roger, that is incredibly naive. And almost borderline irresponsible for somebody who covers the sport of college football or college basketball 
to get out here as a media person and try to float out the idea that all this is going to do is it's going to be, you know, big endorsement deals for the top three players and then a video game thing, and that's it. That's all this is going to open the door for, and people are just overreacting. I mean, it's borderline irresponsible to even say that because it is just not true. And anybody that has been involved in college sports, have even glanced at it, took a good hard look at it at any point in the last 25, 30 years, knows that's not true. What it is going to do, it is going to open the door for more uh, exploitation of the boundaries in recruiting. It's going to do it. And to gloss over that and skip over that from any national media perspective. Okay, I can understand if you tell me, well, I didn't mention it because I just assume everybody believes that and thinks it's true. Okay, well, I'll take that. But don't tell me that the only thing this is really doing for the athletes and for recruits even is it's opening it up to a little kickback revenue on their likeness and image stuff from video games. Bull! If you think that's the only way that money is going to make its way back to players and recruits in this deal, then you are incredibly naive. I wouldn't underestimate, though, the revenue that could be generated by these games. If you, if it's based on, like, per play, you know, they can track all that. It's completely feasible. They would know mm-hmm. what play if, – if, if if they did a classic, for instance, and you you were played uh, X number of times, they could have yeah. a – like, for right. instance, video. Uh, just to put it in the music business, when Aretha Franklin died, she left a check for $750,000 around about uncashed. That was her revenue for, like, a quarter – from Spotify, where she gets less than a penny per play. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, all that can add up, too. But I see what you're saying. You're talking about how it's going to come in yeah, with the I, local money. The, well, the, not, it's not going to be all this tracked stuff. That's exactly you, right. That's what I'm saying. Is but I'm, My point is they're going to kill it on the other end, too, that some people are. Sure. Well, and look, you know, if the video game comes back and I can pull up the video game and I can go, I'm going to, I'm going to go here and I'm going to play with Alabama – and I'm going to play this game with number 13. And on the back of his jersey, it's a left-handed quarterback, number 13, and it says Tonga Valoa. <laughs> well, that's pretty obvious what I'm doing right there. And if me having bought this game and playing it, or, or even if there's any kind of subscription thing to be playing people across the world online, and some of that you know goes back happen. to yeah, yeah, and it goes back to Tonga Valoa, then that makes sense. I get it. But to say that that's all is just stupid because that ain't all. No. Because I promise you any potential exploitable loophole or opening in the rules from a recruiting and a benefit standpoint will be taken advantage of. And it will be taken advantage of by the biggest and most interested and most wealthy fan bases. It will the NCAA doesn't seem to think it's that simple. Exactly, Roger. Their, their statement would have been a lot shorter. Exactly. They know it's not. Why would they feel the need in their press release to say? we got to make sure everybody knows that incentives in order to play or to attend the school are not allowed. Why would they feel the need to say that? Well, because it's going to be exploited. You can bet your bottom dollar. Pun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll finish it up.
next. Stick around. Listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. Listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. Roger and I were chatting during the break. I just learned, I guess it was yesterday. I don't know if I saw a commercial and then I asked my daughter about it, but there's a new Disney Frozen movie coming out, a sequel to the first one, Frozen. You know, Elsa and Anna. And Frozen has always been a big deal in our house. I mean, going way back to preschool age for my daughter, she's singing let it go at the top of her lungs and do you want to build a snowman and all that stuff it was um kind of neat to see that it's coming back roger you know you i i guess you probably remember last december our family we took this trip to new york and uh we saw one thing like a broadway play one thing that was a play a broadway deal and it was frozen and it was really, really incredibly good. And now they're coming out with another Frozen. So all that means is, you know, if you're an adult and like me and Roger and you want to, you know, be versed and able to communicate with kids, we're going to have to watch that movie. Roger, you better get ready. Go watch it in a theater. <laughs> I know I got to go check it out in its, uh, in its grandeur. <laughs> yeah. Make sure we know what happens. They're actually really good. I mean, most, most of these things, they're really entertaining. They are, they are good. I'll say that. They're good. Hey, um, think about this. There are a lot of similarities between the story of Dak Prescott in the NFL and so far, the story of Gardner Minshew. Anybody ever thought of that? Have y'all thought about that? You can text me if I'm crazy, but text me if you agree or if you've thought about it. Or call me. Text the show at 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Or call me on the Divinity phone, Divinity Equipment, Madison & Jackson. It is 995-1059. It's a 601 number. Nine nine five one zero five nine. So here's what I mean, I, and stats can kind of back it up, but there just has it has a similar look to it. And what sparked this thought for me today was I was reading an article at ESPN.com. It's about how Minshew has given the Jaguars a tough decision to make now. Potentially a really tough decision to make. And it's all about Nick Foles coming back from the injury. It's um, written by Michael DeRocco from ESPN. They posted it today. Foles can come back from this injury. I think they put some dates on it. He is going to come back. But I think they're clearing him or bringing him off the injured reserve 
in early November, right at about November the 6th. And then I think what they said was he was cleared to play or would be cleared to play at Indianapolis at the Colts on November the 17th. And the story of this thing is, you know, Foles, this is his first year in Jacksonville. It's not like he's this incumbent starter. But they had a lot invested in him, right? So they go out, they sign him to come in and be their starter. They pay him all this money, a huge contract to come in and be their starter. And he gets hurt in the first game. And, you know, he's coming back. They gave him a four-year, $88 million contract, including a franchise record, $50 million guaranteed. (laughs) And first game, he's hurt and been out ever since. And who steps in? Gardner Minshew. And as a rookie in the NFL, Minshew, the little kid from Brandon, the little engine that could. And I'm not saying that at all uh, facetiously. I'm saying that's how some people might have wanted to label him. But that's not – all in the world he's ever done is win. Just win, win, win. And he he had to move around and find a place here and find a place there. He went to JUCO and then he's at East Carolina and thinking about Alabama and he wound up at Washington State. And finally it was the right fit. And they get him on the field and all he ever did was win at Washington State. He gets an opportunity in Jacksonville. All he does is win the backup job. They put him in as a starter because of the injury and all he's done is win. And play well. He's playing really well. His coaches say that he doesn't play like a first-year player. And look at his numbers. Seven games for Gardner Minshew to start his career, and he's 4-3. and Well, let's take that back. Let's see. So in the games he's played in, they would actually be 5-3, and wouldn't they? Because he didn't start the first game. I think that might be right. I'm going to have to look it up. But he didn't. I know he didn't start the first game, but they did win the first game that he came into. No, they're four and four. Okay, so they're four and four is their record. But in games that he started, his first, you know, seven starts of his career, he's four and three. One thousand nine hundred seventy-six yards passing in those seven starts. 13 touchdowns and just two interceptions. First seven starts, seven starts as a rookie, was a sixth-round pick. I just see a lot of similarities to what Dak Prescott went into when he went into the NFL in 2016. Rookie. Not drafted to be a starter. Minshew drafted in the sixth round. Prescott, you know, was drafted in the fourth round. There's not a whole lot of difference. Prescott went in there to compete to get a spot on the roster, to just maybe be the backup. Long shot, because he would have had to beat out Kellen Moore. Tony Romo's there and established. They're paying him all kinds of money, right? And what happened? Injuries opened the door for him to get on the field, almost by necessity for the team. Otherwise, they probably never put him out there unless it was by necessity. It's the same situation with Minshew as a rookie. In Dak's rookie year, injuries open the door, they play him, and he immediately plays well, became the rookie of the year. Gardner Minshew in line to be the rookie of the year in the NFL. Dak, his rookie year, first seven games as a starter, first seven starts, 
Dak was 6-1, 1,773 yards, nine touchdowns and two interceptions passing. Now, he also had four rushing touchdowns. (laughs) So think about this. Again, we're talking about their first seven starts in the NFL. Minshew, a sixth-round pick. Prescott, a fourth-round pick. They both, in their first seven starts, because of injury, they start. And they both, in their first seven starts, accounted for 13 touchdowns and two interceptions. If you you look at the accounted-for touchdowns. Now, Minshew's thrown for a couple hundred more yards in those first seven starts than Dak did in his first seven for Dallas. But think about the similarities there. Their path, their lower round draft status, their in camp just to earn a spot on the team, hopefully elevate to backup. The only way they are counted on and put on the field in games is because of injury, and immediately they both lit it up with the opportunity that they had. And through seven starts to start their careers in their rookie years, they both have accounted for the same number of touchdowns and two interceptions. It's really, to me, very, very similar. It's uncanny that we have two guys with Mississippi's ties that just a few years apart have almost a, you know, a, a, the same path. And you wonder, like, what does that mean for Minshew going forward? And it's, look, it's something to keep an eye on. Because this thing with Nick Foles, it is different than maybe what happened with Romo coming back with Dak. In that Romo had already been in Dallas for all those years. This is Nick Foles' first year there. But that's really the only difference. Dak played well enough as a young guy that an older, injured Tony Romo, regardless of what they were paying him, Just basically, that was it. Dak took it over. And even though it's a first-year thing for Nick Foles, and they've got $50 guaranteed dollars tied up in him, I mean, if you're Minshew and you're at 13 touchdowns, two picks, and you're playing your team, you know, into wins, they're 4-4, and but in his starts, they're 4-3, and and he's playing like the future NFL Rookie of the Year, Does Nick Foles come back and continue to watch Gardner Minshew play? I don't know what they're going to do, but I know they're in a tough situation. Well, you know, they've got to make a tough decision. And I just believe, look, Nick Foles has had his shot as a starter in the NFL. Right? He was with, where did he start out? Who did he start out with? I forget who it was he started out with. And then he wound up in Philadelphia as a backup. You know, he's had his shots at those things. Yeah, he's got a Super Bowl. But if Minshew keeps it up, how are you going to sit him down? How are you going to look your team in the eye and sit the kid on the bench after everything he's done? (laughs) I just don't know that they're going to be able to do that. Unnamed texture on the text line, exactly right. Similar situation for Tom Brady. Sixth round pick, got on the field because of an injury, and the rest... As they say, is history. Good show today. Appreciate y'all. See you tomorrow in the Farm Bureau studio. See ya.
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.